This is Jimmy Bullard, a.k.a. The Bulldog, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, a nice hot cup of Zhao, man or live. We are in the quarterfinals for the first time since 2010. A fantastic result against a much improved Leeds. And whilst we rode our luck with the fact we, well, they can't finish and some soft foulage with their goal disallowed and an offside, we were organised, clinical and let Marco Silverware's football do the loudest singing of all. Whilst it seems like we are running out of nice things to say about Fulham at the moment, we'll be damn sure to give it a go. With me to do it are Cottages, Don Love and Sam Diamond. Let's go. Fulham. Ah, lads, what a... What a lovely week this is turning out to be. I uh, I was kind of quite nervous about this game, truth be told. Um, I don't know if it was the tickets, it was like the fact they were bringing 20,000 men with the loudest singing voices of all time. Yeah, I, I just, I was just quite nervous and it just turned out to be a really, really, really good night. What are your opening thoughts, please, Sam? I completely agree. I, I thought it uh, had the potential to, to be a... Uh a banana skin of a tie in terms of how much a banana skin when you're playing a team in the same division can be but yeah. it did seem like the uh, everything was kind of beginning to stack against us in the build up um, and certainly when they came out all guns blazing made a really fast start I, I feared the worst but we did soon gain control of the game and yeah just went about doing what we've been doing now for a, a number of months and controlling the ball for long periods and got a very deserved win in the end two absolutely astonishing goals and as you say in the quarterfinals for the first time in in a long time oh it's just so good isn't it it's so good I, i'm really happy of how seriously we're taking it um i remember seeing palinho after the wolves game say we're going to take this next game for the cup very seriously and so we are don good to have you on as a guest finally mate what what are your thoughts on all of this i think you know leeds look they had a bit of a manager bounce they looked a lot sharper just just couldn't score so, you know, Leeds uh, under Marsh, um, it was interesting for me, you know, as an American, I, I wanted them to do well, mm. only be, all because of an American aspect, you know, the Americans being involved. Now, as far as their uh, performances against Fulham, no, it's Fulham every time. I'm sorry, guys, you're out the door. So it was interesting, you know, that he did manage to bring in Americans um, into his squad. He had a lot of connections, obviously. Uh, he has coached in the youth system over here in America before going over to uh, Germany or different places. So, mm. uh, you know, I wasn't, I, I was really having anxiety anticipating what Marco would choose for the lineup on this because we had so many issues. You know, Tom's out, was uh, Harrison Reed injured so badly that he wasn't even going to make the bench? Um, yeah. You know, who, what players was he going to rest? How strong of a, of a lineup was he going to do? Are we really going to take this round serious and go for it? Or, you know, people were saying, no, oh, no, you know, we really need to be looking at Europa and stuff. That, that's where we really need to be. So I was pleasantly surprised, you know, how strong a lineup he chose, Marco chose. And uh, I was really pleased with him resting like, you know, Teddy out there on the, the right back and stuff because he is prone to injury still. We, we don't know, you know, the little niggle comes up and where, where are we going to be if he's not our playing, you know, our starting players. So uh, what's his name? Got hurt his leg, couldn't play for Robinson. You know, so it's like, okay, who, who if Robinson were oh, yeah. hurt? Kazawa. Kazawa is basically got um, ligament damage in his knee and he yeah. might be out for the rest of the season. So, we don't know yeah. yet, but yeah. There were a lot of questions around how we were going to go into this. So um, it, it was a good, solid lineup, I thought. I thought everybody played pretty well. I wouldn't say fantastic, at least in the first half. Yeah. Um, even though we had a lot of possession, we gave away a lot of bad passes and stuff. And there were a lot of times where Leeds, this new manager bounced for them. They're really looking 
well organized. They were very compact in their final third. And then when they broke away on the attack, they really found a lot of through balls that made me nervous. You know, Robinson had to make a lot of retractions and, and get back. Ream had to make a lot of recovery runs. Uh, Tosin made a couple there every now and then. So we got lucky, I think, in the first half. I really think we rode our luck a lot in the first half. I'd, I'd also just like to mention on the um, on the lineup. Um, I was I was pleasantly surprised by how strong it was. It was certainly stronger than I was expecting, and I think it was probably stronger than Marco Silva was expecting it to be. I do feel his hand was forced somewhat. I think the the suspension or the impending suspension for Paulinho for ten yellow cards forced his hand to play in him here because he knew he was going to be out for the next two games. So there wasn't any any reason to rest him for those. Obviously, the injury injury to Tom Kearney meant that uh, Pereira is probably uh, going to get the nod, and the same with Kazara on the left. Mitrovic being fit again, I think, with Vinicius having played the the last couple, um, he wanted to bring him in. So there wasn't too much really that surprised me against Cedric and Lukic. I thought would come in for for games, mm. and with Dan James. Um, not eligible to face Leeds Wilson was always going to start so it kind of picked itself in the end but I was really really pleased to see that kind of lineup um, just to give us the best possible chance uh, Those that confidence kind of quickly drained when I went onto Twitter when the Leeds team was announced and saw just countless replies saying how they were so pleased to see that team that they selected, how that yeah, was the yeah. team they've been waiting for for so long. Um, no Bamford in it, and uh, yeah, sort of that that free of McKenney, um, Adams, and Rocker. So yeah, so both teams were clearly, well, both sets of fans were happy with the teams we put out, and we came out on top. I was still quite actually happy to be reminded that Sinistera is still injured for them because I remember he was an absolute handful of the last game we played, uh, which we still won, but still he was dangerous that game. Um, yeah, so we all agreed that we liked the lineup and it was strong. I would say the only thing that I sort of mumbled about was Rodak starting. And don't get me wrong, I liked the idea because I think it was a really good bit of management and show of faith from Marcus Silva to continue you know, the, consist- uh, the consistency of picking him in cup games even though we're playing a Premier League side now and you know a lot of people were saying in the group beforehand that we might want to start upping our goalkeeper slightly as we get deeper and deeper into the competition and Leno would have been a good shout now I don't want to analyse every single player we'll do this as we go on because we've got a lot to get through but I would like to just get your thoughts done on what you thought of Rodak's performance in this because I thought he look, he got a clean sheet and I thought that you can't argue with that and he made some some really good saves here and there but there is just something about him I, I don't know there's a, there's a flappiness or just a, a lack of control that sometimes does just well to put it bluntly scare the shit out of me <laughs> I'd just like to know your thoughts on this both of you I'll go to Don first obviously um so I, you know, I figured, I just figured, you know, he was going to get picked for the cup because that's kind of the standard that we've been doing. And I I mm. can't say he'd done like really, really bad in the past where, you know, Marco was going to drop him for this game. Um, with that said, there are little things that you notice. And uh, in our chat group, uh, you know, Luke Sargent did a really good job of uh, pointing a lot of this out. There are little things that I personally thought Rodak used to do quite a bit of, but he didn't seem to do very much in this game. And that is like coming off his line. He really seemed to stick to his line. And we've really gotten used to when with Leno, he's really confident, really confident. And coming off his line and playing that sweeper keeper, cleaning things up, you know, mm-hmm. it's caught him off guard and put him in bad situations a couple times him doing this but for the most part it's like having that you know another central central back who's willing to come out clean things up and get get the danger away so we do miss that right now with Rodek now I don't think he deserved all the stick he was getting online oh my god I, I was amazed on all the social media stuff how much people were saying it's time for him to sit, just sit. He, there's no need for him, blah, blah, blah. I thought he did really well. There's some really important saves I thought he made. One in particular I thought was really good where it was coming at him hard and he palmed it off to the left, right to Robinson, and Robinson was able to you know do his thing and get, get it downfield. Yes, he's not 
catching and keeping the ball as much, which is nervy, you know, uh, for the mm. most part. But I didn't think he was that bad. Um, I, I I didn't think he deserved as much stick as he was or is getting at the at the moment. So now going forward, obviously the next one, yeah. I, Sorry, Leno is the better keeper, and I want to see him between the sticks. For I really want to go strong the next one. You know, let's go for it. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, look, Rodak was absolutely fine. Um, the issue we have now is we have an absolutely exceptional international top level goalkeeper in Bird Leno, and for a, a club like us, and probably to be honest, most clubs in the world, you're never going to have that the same strength in terms of one position. And it's the same reason why we have Carlos Vinicius as a backup to Alexander Mitrovic. We can't really... It just wouldn't work if we had a top-quality goalkeeper wasted in the wings, a top-quality centre-forward wasted in the wings. Um, yeah. we, we have to be realistic with, with what we what we have. Um, yes, he was a bit shaky. There were some indecisive moments. A couple of times he pushed the ball out back into dangerous areas rather than away from his goal. But think about it. He's he's been sat on the bench for most of the season since since Leno arrived. He's come into a game. He knows there's there's the expectation and the pressure on him. He's got six thousand Malvi Northerners behind him in the second yeah. half, and I, I, you know he's he's come through a nervous start, and we've got a clean sheet. It's um, you know it, it's admirable, I think, especially at the end when we were kind of hanging on to to that clean sheet. So yeah. Sometimes we're just looking to to air a, a bit of criticism somewhere, um, and I just don't think he deserves it for that. However, like Don says, you know, going forward now we've got possibly three games left if we wanted to win this this competition. Depends on the draw. I know what you're about yes, to say. Yeah. Yes, and obviously we're going to talk about expected goals later. I imagine, and Leno has <laughs> been a big reason for for our reason why we seem to be overachieving in this area he could be the difference come the quarterfinals semifinals final so yes I would like to see Bernd Leno in goal for those games but Marek Rodak is a a very worthy backup now, you, you say northern, uh, noisy northerners uh, there uh, Sam you were there at the game do you really think it was a huge effect on how we started because we didn't start like Oh my God! Great, you know we were kind of slow, like we did the last game, which really makes me nervous. Whenever Fulham, to me, starts slow, it's not a good thing. It was really loud. I'll give it to them. I know, like, there's a lot of funny memes on Twitter at the moment and uh, gifs of the like or whatever, just of how um, it was actually three-two to uh, Leeds, and each goal was how loud they sung in the ninety <laughs> in the ninety-fifth onwards. But I will give. I mean, you know, that was that did not sound like a home game whatsoever. I'll give them that. Sorry, Sam. No, no, I, I, and as well, I, I think a lot of us kind of were worried that that was going to be the case. Um, the issue surrounding the tickets and the build-up, uh, and everyone's thinking, "Oh well, this is going to be Leeds fans in in the Putney end and the Hammersmith end." We we know they you know they're a huge club with huge support, got a huge fan base in London, um, so yeah. they were they were always always going to bring thousands, regardless of however many tickets we sold. Um, I. No, no, no! I was just—I just remembered something else. They, they, the fans were getting really wound. This connects to Rodak. They were getting really pissed off with Rodak. So I think I was enjoying it. He, was doing, he kept rolling, uh, rolling the ball uh, to Reem, and uh, every time a goal tip would be taken. I don't know if this was dark arts or some sort of new shithousery way of uh, wasting time without actually getting a card or getting penalised by the referee. But I—it really was really winding up a lot of fans, and it was quite funny to watch. There you go. Uh, if, you, if you're able to wind up six thousand Leeds fans, you deserve a place in the team for the rest of the season well Harry Wilson was as well I mean there was a lot of stuff that he was doing that was fucking them off too so he uh, winded me up though yeah, no, yeah. No, normally in the past when goalies are doing that that's because they've got an injury of some sort and they're thinking okay hey I can't do the kick out they're you never know. injured Don come on I, you know what I mean though they're like oh yeah, I'm exactly. injured you know I, I, I got a little knock you've got to do the kick out so okay Reem I'm going to roll it to you you do it but yeah I mm-hmm. kept thinking well what, what is he doing here because we know he's not injured and Reem doesn't do any of the kicks, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, from from dark arts to absolute magic, let's just go on to the goals. And let's go on to both of them, because we're not doing this in a traditional, you know, punditry way. It's boring. Um, Don, Polina's goal. I mean, if there was a game for him to leave and have a two-match ban after this, this is... is 
you know, shutting the door temporarily in really good style, wasn't it? That was, that was, I mean, I didn't really, you know, I, I kind of expected him to take a shot. I just didn't think it was actually going to go in. It had all the momentum of like, he's going to, he's going to go for this. And I just didn't expect it to be that good or that beautiful. Pinged off the post too. Wonderful. Right? So two things on, on his goal. The first one is, uh, a fellow American is what allowed this to happen. He didn't put the proper weight behind his pass after he had gotten the ball, Tyler Adams. And it was kind of a, a weak pass. Polina was there. He recognized the danger. He said, I got this. So credit to him reading the game and doing what he does. He's very aggressive. Getting the ball, getting his head up, saying, oh, the goalie's out a little bit. Why not? Why not go for it? And he did. So, you know, that's just confidence. That, that is a man who is just overwhelming confidence. And I loved it. I love it all together. And the best part is, and this is what Fulham fans need to remember, especially all those people that like to give uh, Tony Khan, not, not trying to give him uh, all this credit and give him, a, uh, uh, you know, set him on a pedestal or anything. But if he still is involved in transfer market, this was a huge one because he was only 17.2 million yeah, it's crazy. Look at the return we're getting on this guy. It's There's something been else to be said. There's something else to be said that this is the sort of player that we have been just begging for for years. Well, I certainly have. I mean, kind of like just an absolute brute who is able not only just to score goals and disrupt play and piss people off, but just also just the passion of it all. Um, you know, not not just a passion merchant, an absolute you know puts his money where his mouth is with the actual performances on the pitch and his interaction with the fans his everything about him I love I mean if there wasn't a club captain sat down already I would definitely offer it to him to try and keep him on for another two seasons because there's going to be absolutely huge amount of offers and interest this summer you can just see all the Premier if we League can keep our hands on out. him Reem maybe gets a one year extension isn't playing as our normal starting centre back pairing going forward next season uh, easily I see him hand him the captain's badge you know yeah I could, I could, it could happen. What were your thoughts on this goal, then, Sam? And then um, we could just roll this in nicely into Solomon's. Uh, my my immediate reaction with Paulinho's goal was that's a dreadful piece of goalkeeping. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> like, I just wondered what an Ilimelier has uh, been culpable of a few mistakes in the past couple of seasons, but I just thought his, yeah, his. his position and this comes back to something that Bird Leno does so well his starting position always seems phenomenal but it's just where he was it it certainly um it it suggested that we should have like just take a dig from where Paulinho did so that was my first thought but then having seen it again and seen the replays you see just like what a tremendous strike it is and how much Bendy gets on it and just puts it exactly where where the goalkeeper's got no chance of getting it um it really was a great goal yeah, and uh, onto onto Solomon. Um, oh well, once I mean, in a lifetime strike. He's never going to do that again. He's done it again. I mean, it's the th- I mean, it's the third one. It's the um. I saw Pierre Rutzer tweet. It's sort of like the Bermuda Triangle of death. Uh, it's exactly the same position. The, the defenders in the same place, and he just absolutely. I don't know what else to. You know, I'm getting more. I don't know. There's a little part of me actually that is getting kind of pissed off with how well he's doing because it's it's reminding me more and more that actually we don't might not have a deal in place with Shakhtar and I'd rather you just I don't know take it a bit easier so it's a bit easier to grab him on a full-time contract come the summer or whenever it's due I'm not sure no I know uh, what you mean it's, 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 yeah. it's so much uh, grey area around that deal that um, yeah every time yeah. he does something that thrusts him into the limelight I, I start to worry a bit as well uh, but yeah, it, yeah. absolutely a, a brilliant goal um, probably better than the Wolves one just because of the, the, the sort of the lovely little interplay with Mitrovic beforehand um, but I've I don't uh, <laughs> I've got a friend uh, friend of the show Stuart Lutz Senior who after the whole cup game said that um, uh, Manor Solomon reminded him of Paul Pesky Salido which is a, a frankly ridiculous suggestion um, but what, what it did remind me of was uh, back in 1998, uh, you'll be too young for this, J-Mac, but um, Paul Pesky Salido scored pretty much an identical goal three weeks apart. He scored a, it's an incredible curler at Liverpool in the League Cup and then did it at home to Chesterfield. But two different grounds, two different games, and then just to see someone score such a good goal from exactly the same spot, what, five yeah. days apart... It was absolutely incredible. Um, and I, as you say, he just keeps doing it. Every goal he scored for us has been been an absolute cracker. 
So, so Sam, I saw online a lot of people were uh, saying he looks a lot like the old Duffy, playing like the way Duffy played. You know, oh, cut Damian inside. Duff. Yeah. What do you think about that? The way he cuts yeah. inside and. I can see it. It's that kind of like diminutive stance. He's small. He kind of just yeah. seems to just trick his way around players. I mean, I I've heard Steve twice. Malbronk as well. Steve yeah, Malbronk is again, a version of another sort of small, skillful player who's just he's making everyone very there. nostalgic. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good. It's good. Well, winning um, games. Yeah, totally. Look, I mean, we we can talk about the goal more and more, but it's just you know what else? I mean, Don, can you think of anything else you'd like to add to Solomon before I move on to um, something else? Uh, well, I do have a couple of uh, friends uh, here in America who are uh, uh, Israeli, like born over there, lived, you know, grew up over there and everything. And they love it. They love that he's been brought in. You know, they, they're, they're not necessarily loving that Fulham brought him in. They, they mm-hmm. like that it, it was Fulham, but they love that he's been brought into the Premier League and allowed yeah. to show what he can do. Now, they were really disappointed when he got injured. You know, they were like, oh, crap, you know, because they don't have a lot of huge international soccer stars, you know, or sports stars and stuff. So when they do get like these ones, individuals who shine and like really do stuff, they get huge followings real quick, uh, you know, from, you know, uh, Israelis and, and, and whatnot. So my, 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 my Jewish friends, my Israeli friends, they're loving his style of play. They are wishing me all the best on trying to keep him. They, they, they're like, you know, Don, he ain't going to stick around, you know. Man yeah. City, Arsenal, somebody's going to come knock, and, and you guys are going to not have a word or a say in it because we have no real contract. So they're like, we'll good see. good luck with that, dude, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I'll be interested to see what Chelsea, because Chelsea are sort of doing few turns all over the place at the moment. So it turns out they might be trying to get deserving now the uh, Brighton manager after nicking their original uh, Brighton manager in Graham Park. It wouldn't surprise me if they actually get the better winger who was actually keeping Mudrick out of the starting lineup for them uh, all that time and going <laughs> going in for Sullivan. So we'll see. I don't it's know. almost as if they don't know what they're doing. It's a little bit like that, yeah. Who knew? Who knew, Todd Bowley? Um, I've got to say, I'm going to skip a point here. We'll come, we'll come to it, but I'm, I'm just bringing a point in earlier because it, it links. Um, Mitrovic for Solomon's goal was a very nice, I don't know what you technically call it, a layoff or you know, a, a link-up play. And I thought Mitrovic in the second half was night and day, com- night and day comparison here, Sam. I thought he, despite not getting the goal, uh, which was deemed offside in the end, which is unfortunate. Um, he, just everything about him seemed a lot more casual, but in a good way. He, he just seemed really relaxed in linking up and just was just doing a lot more, a lot more effective work, in my opinion. In the second half? No, I, yeah, I, I saw sort of your comments about his first half display and I wondered if it was just your, your rose-tinted Carlos Vinicius glasses. Um, well, it might be. But I mean, I did, Jonathan. I can't be bored. I can't be bored for that. Go on. Sorry, I, I think sort of similar to, to Marit Rodak, though. He'd been out of the, the team for a, a couple of games, obviously carrying a, a new injury. And it's just going to take a little bit of time, a little bit of rustiness to, to shake off just to get back into the swing of things. Um, mm. It was a quiet first half, but then, you know, as uh, Don pointed out earlier, there were quite you know a few wayward passes. It took us a while to get into gear. It was really the goal that settled us down. And in the second half, we we did look more like ourselves. We started to control the game, play the ball around. And um, yeah, I think that's when we saw him at his best in terms of holding the ball up, bringing others into play, putting it out wide. There was, there was one ball we put through on the right that was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. So we need to get him back doing that get him back in, in for Premier League games, doing that, and then hopefully get a goal or two, get his confidence back, and I'm sure he can have a strong end to the season. Uh, uh, okay, for the listeners at home, I'm, I'm going to try and throw uh, Jay Mac a bone here. Uh, he's a big Carlos Venny fan, and when our WhatsApp group, people start putting uh, uh, Carlos down, Jay Mac is that guy that you know, really kind of stands up for him and is like, back off, you know, you're not being fair. Because everybody's trying to compare him to Mitro. And the problem with comparing him to Mitro is there are certain things that Mitro does just a little bit better. So, you know, in the first half of play against Leeds, Mitro was actually having the same problem that Vinny was having in his appearances and that he wasn't getting service up front. And the reason he wasn't getting the service, Leeds was more compact and it was harder for us to break them down and get the ball up to, you know, Mitro. 
in the second half, we kind of opened them up a little more, if that makes sense. Mitchell had a little more freedom, was able to roam, make things happen. And this is where J-Mac, there is a big difference between Vinny and Mitchell. And when Vinny gets frustrated, he drops back and he doesn't really make a lot of things happen. He seems to get the ball and then he gets shoved off the ball or he gets frustrated and loses the ball and he you know, kind of shows his frustration. Mitchell, on the other hand, he gets the ball when he drops back and he makes things happen. He'll spray it out wide or he'll do a quick one-two little give and go. You know, and that's what led to the beautiful goal for Solomon was that quick, I, I see where I'm at. I see where you are. I received the ball. I know where you're going to run. So to, for me, that's the difference between him and Vinny right now. Okay. So absolutely. Vinny's okay. For, as a backup, no, he's never. but he's not going to be a metro. But I need to. He, I need to get one thing absolutely perfectly clear, and I, I think I need to. I, I do this a lot in in the group. Is that I, in no way, shape, or form, think that Vinicius, Carlos Vinicius, is a better player or is as good as Mitrovic. I mean, it's completely. It's it's chalk and cheese. My point is, is that for instance, and I thought Mitrovic was okay in the first half. Maybe it was my rose tinted glasses slightly uh, of being a mother hen to these striker for some reason that I don't think are as bad as everyone makes out but what Carlos Vinicius um, if if Carlos Vinicius was doing the same thing that uh, Mitrovic did in the first half I think everyone would be absolutely crucifying him and saying he was invisible get him off what a waste of time this is the worst Premier League def- uh, one of the worst Premier League strikers we ever had and I, I, I think that's it's still unfair to call and to sum up what uh, what Carlos Vinicius' time for us is until he's had a full season, because I think the guys had five starts out of seventeen games. Anyway, I I don't want to get into this too much because I'm I'm not actually. So this is where I'm trying to agree with you, okay? And Sam, you, you jump in and you can give me your thoughts and tell us what, what you thought. But again, my point is. In this particular match against Leeds, Mitchell was suffering the same thing. He wasn't getting the service. He wasn't getting the ball because Leeds were so compact sure. and they were so well organized. Would you agree, uh, Sam? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I, I was just thinking that perhaps the uh, the solution to this quandary is to bench them both and bring Ivan Cavallero back from his <laughs> loan spell and just play him up front. Like like all great I'd tactical masterminds. God, you're so extreme, uh, dude. You're just so I'd extreme. No, I, I think J-Mac's bang on in terms of uh, sticking up for Carlos Vinicius. And there's a lot of things in the full and focused WhatsApp chat to criticize J-Mac for, but that's that's not one of them. <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, I, I've got to move this on slightly, actually. Um, I feel like we should be talking about the luck that we rode in this game. I, I, mean, I mentioned it briefly at the start of the pod. Uh, Sam... But it's just something I keep noticing that we are always um, the, the, losing the XG battle out of all of our victories. It seems like uh, Premier League and FA Cup, and I, to be honest, don't really understand. Is it because I mean, is it because we are just incredibly clinical and really defending? I mean, I, I just don't really. This must be due to management or the fact that we are just have players that are taking their chances perfectly with the amount of limited options compared to our position I just don't know well I don't necessarily know either but th- there's probably a, a few things to look at in terms of XG it's obviously a, a metric that's sort of grown in prominence over the last decade and I, I really like it I think it's a very useful tool for for, for a number of uh, sort of reasons to uh, a number of things to look at in the game um, and it's certainly, you know, it's a, it's a lot more informative than just standard shots, shots on target that were for so long sort of used as, oh, well, you know, we, we battered them in that game. We had 17 shots on goal and yeah, but they're all from 30 yards out straight at the goalkeeper. So it is, it is a useful tool, um, but it's not without its limitations um, at the moment. And I feel sort of the, the major one... Um, I think often people point to, well, it doesn't take into consideration the quality of the player having the shots. It doesn't take into consideration the goalkeeper behind them. Um, But I think the most important one right now in terms of looking at Fulham is the sort of the state of the game at the time and what's happening in the match when when we are giving up sort of, you know, all these expected goals. Um, Because Mm. the state of the game changes. 
and we go 2-0 up last night and the state of the game changes we know we can just control the game try and control the game control the ball knock it around we don't have to to go searching for a goal um, Leeds have to pile forward and essentially that's what we saw in the last 15 minutes I, I, I haven't got the exact details in terms of their XG build up like how many how much came in the, sort of the last 25 minutes but I would I would wager it was quite a lot so mm. I think that's it did feel like a nervy 10 minutes it did feel like another oh here we go again another FA Cup you know shit yourself 15 10 yeah, minutes last yeah and minutes, there was some it? it was some pretty poor finishing amongst all of that but also the thing they say about XG is it kind of it balances out over time so you can a small sample is never good enough to really to really sort of take too many um, considerations from but I, I do feel like we have this this metal about us this season where we're not just kind of crumbling under pressure like we might have done in the past okay we have conceded some you know, late winners this season but only really against the, the sides at the, the, the top of the table and in in occasions in dubious circumstances so mm. um yeah, in terms of XG, it's just, yes, you can look at it and say, well, we're outperforming it. Um, we've been outperforming it lately in terms of attack, just by scoring ridiculous goals. I, I'd say probably the last six goals we've scored have, have all been like superb strikes. Um, and then yeah. at the back, we, we can't, we're still giving up chances, but through some excellent sort of reading of the game I'm, I'm thinking sort of Tim Ream at Chelsea uh, when I had that chance around the goalkeeper and just sort of and then just Leno's expertise between the sticks I think we are outperforming it in in defence in terms of the XG that we're giving up so yeah you can look at it and say okay perhaps reason to worry but I think I still think where we are in the table we're there on merit yeah, no, it's working. Whatever is whatever is fucking going on, it's working, and I'm 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 loving it. I'm here for it. You know, I don't. It's it's all a hipster nonsense anyway. This actually thing. <laughs> okay, on on that note, on that note, hipster nonsense. Uh, I'm going to talk about, or uh, I'll give my thoughts and opinion real quick on um, how lucky I think we were, uh, especially in the beginning of the game. But real quick on the hipster garbage. You know, J-Mac and you, you, the younger guys are definitely hipsters because that's all they want to talk about is this XG bullshit. Uh, old, old guys like me, we just don't give a shit about this XG bullshit. You know, we just want to talk about how the players played and how everything worked out. You know, people like Sam who are really smart and understand numbers and all that stuff, Stato, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they, they love this XG stuff, you know, but for us normal people, we're not hipsters and XG doesn't really mean yeah, shit. You say to that us. we've all seen money. <laughs> we just don't you, care. You're the guys bringing statistics into our game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that guy. Well, you know, I I don't give two rats' ass. You know, if I was had been sitting in that damn room, you know, let's say that was Tony Khan. I'm sitting in the room and he kept pointing to some guy and says, "And what does he bring?" And he says, "Goals." I just say, "So fucking what? What else does he do?" I don't want to hear this shit. Okay, I I just don't give a crap about that. So. Uh, but to the game, I do think we rode our luck. We got really, really lucky, especially on the goals. And I do think the ref, I, th- I thought this was interesting. I was scared about the ref. I really was about this referee because we've not done well with this guy in the past. So I was amazed how much he let go in this game. Um, there were no, correct me if I'm wrong, there were no yellow cards in this game. He gave a lot of fouls out, but I went back and I was, because I couldn't believe it. I went back and I'm pretty sure when I looked at the stats, he didn't give out any yellows. So he let a lot of stuff go. And there was a lot of things I was frustrated with. I was like, oh man, that was a, definitely a foul. Why didn't he? I you know, wish you hadn't said it, that, Don. I really could have so, made a really good bet for that. I, 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 I there's no, no, about no, what? The, the no, just no yellow cards. I could have, the, the, the odds on that must have been great <laughs> on Bet365. Certainly, yeah. the way we've played this season, I think we we have got more yellow cards than any yeah. side in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. But going to what you were saying, Don, it's Chris Kavanagh, this guy, and this is the guy who actually awarded West Ham two uh, handball goals against us. So yeah, our luck isn't great. Also, uh, um, uh, Ched Evans' yeah, um, handball goal at Preston last season. So, so all um, right, brilliant. Okay, brilliant. And I really was thinking that one time Metro did score, and it was the female referee. 
And she said, you know, sorry, offsides. But he was clearly, Metro was clearly yeah, yeah. offsides, okay? I was waiting to see a lot of people jump on her back. Oh, female ref. She doesn't know what the hell she's yeah, doing. But no, she was side. spot on, on on the call, you know. Always she, she was spot fine. On. She's great. Yeah, and I, I mean, also I mean, say, uh, just to go on a little side note, I thought that was a really, despite it being offside, a really good cross from Cedric. And I'm playing mother hen to him a bit because I think he got a bit of a rusty rusty reception from some people thinking he wasn't just because he's not fitting the Kenny Tete mold but I thought Cedric did a job I mean it's a clean sheet I thought he wasn't perfect he still isn't used to the team but I thought he was good and that was a really good assist had it uh, you know not been offside but um, yeah there, there were other things I mean I think the there was a penalty potentially at one point uh, the guy had his arms around Mitro but that would have been maybe a bit soft I'll tell you what would have been soft well, it was soft. Is 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 the goal that they had disallowed? Um, that push and Harry Wilson. I'm I'm still trying to see from a replay where I, I can actually uh, see it. <laughs> Are you still seeing it in slow mo where Harry's going? Oh, it's like God. someone's just completely just. Yeah, somebody shot me. It's absolutely unreal. Um, Harry Wilson was annoying quite a lot of people this game, Sam. To be honest, he's been annoying me most of the season, and I I I don't like to be too critical of one player for any prolonged amount of time uh, but he does seem to be the one who's <laughs> who's been getting the, the sort of the brunt of my wrath and I, it's probably unfair I just feel there's such a talented player in there and just he spends too much time kind of throwing himself around on the floor being weak in the tackle um, I just feel that you know he could he could be really really effective but it's just not yeah. Every now and then he does show something. There was that one time he was cutting across goal and he got hit, tackled twice, and he yeah. Yeah. Right Show, shows he can do it. Down, arguably. So every now and then he does do something. But again, like 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 Rodak, he, I, I think he's got history with the Leeds fans anyway from his time time at Derby. So again, anyone who really winds them up is is all right by me. And yes. That I mean, if that had gone against us, I would have been furious. And it did take me a few re- yeah. replays to sort of see any kind of contact. Uh, and it certainly wasn't enough contact to to sort of sp- send him sprawling across the penalty area. But uh, the re- yeah. Well, well, hey, back to uh, back back to the, the 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 question there about you know are the the two new guys coming in you brought up there? Yeah, uh, Cedric and J Mac. Um, um, C- Cedric and and um, uh, Lukic, L- yeah, Lukic was. Am I saying L- Lukic? I thought they did really well. Seeing how they haven't had a lot of game time, they, uh, to me they 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 had some rust on their boots. You could tell there were some things that weren't great. But I thought for the roles they were yep. being asked to play, I yep. thought they did pretty well. Uh, uh, they did well enough that. I felt comfortable with them being in those positions. Very comfortable with Cedric, very. I thought Lukic was a little bit meh, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm not too sure what you think about that, Sam. I thought Lukic... I thought they was... I thought they were both okay. Um, again, like I think we expect too much at times and we expect players to come in and just to completely slot into a system that they haven't played before. Um, it's like, sure. I, I, they're human beings. I, any job that I've ever started, it's, it's taken me three weeks to work out what I'm doing. Um, and I, it's got to be the sort of same for footballers in some capacity. Um, like having to, you know, new teammates, um, probably speaking new languages, obviously not with Cedric because he's been here such a little while. And, but just, yeah, just getting used to the way things are done. Um, yeah. yeah. You have to give them time to settle. So I guess the question for both of you, the the question I would say for both of you then, in that right back position, Tete can't play for whatever reason. Do you still think, oh, we got to go, Bobby? Bobby plays back there. No, I'd be, be okay? fine. I'd be fine with Cedric. I, that's where of course, I because that's yeah, the, uh, another way that they're only going to settle in and 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 feel comfortable in the team. And Cedric is a very accomplished right back. He's obviously worked with Marco Silva before. And that's yeah. why we bought him, yeah. Um, and, in, you know, if we're to believe what's reported in the press, he's on a fair whack of money. So he's, you know, he, he's playing second fiddle to a very informed Kenny Tete is one thing. Playing second fiddle to, to Bobby Deckeldover reed who's been shifted back into his fifth different position of the season, isn't going to happen. Mm. 
I thought Tosin did a good job. Now I think this completes all that we've talked about the rotations, uh, rotators now. So we've talked Wilson, we've talked Cedric, we've talked Lukic. Um, I thought Tosin did a really good job. Um, I thought he was fine. I, I didn't notice much, uh, too many errors from him. I thought him and Reem. I mean, Reem. Like we can just talk about him till the cows come out. Every episode seems just to be like you know how amazing he was. He was the man of the match uh, for Fulham. And I just like to then go to you guys of who yours would be if you agree with that. Um, it was Fulham's man of the match, I believe. BBC's was Mana Solomon, given by Alan Shearer, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, like your thoughts. I'd, um, I mean, yeah, Reem was superb, but I just expect that now of him. Um, I, I'm going to be, I, I think he's probably got player of the season in the bag. I'd be disappointed not to see him in the Premier League team of the year, considering just just the story um, in terms of last night I probably will give it to Mana Solomon uh, another absolutely outstanding goal but I just love the way he, he took on these players at times just yeah it's just a couple of times I just did say he's made you he's made you look a right fool or, or worse to those effects um, to that effect uh, I just hope now he's obviously scored four games in a row I hope we don't let our expectations of him sort of build up because he can't maintain this kind of form. So once, you know, maybe does dip a bit, maybe when the goals aren't as free-flowing, when he isn't, like, getting us points single-handedly, I think we just need to to be patient and hopefully, hopefully, we can enjoy him beyond this season. Can So can I, on this game, be a little... If you're going to give it to different. one of Leeds Americans, I'm logging off. No, I, I want to have two. I'm sorry. Can you pick two? Because I, I do think there are two yeah. people for this match for two different reasons. Reem, keeping us in the game, on the defense, showing... Four off-the-line clearances, man. Oh, like, my God. Like you know, three, oh, no, right three maybe. I'm not too right sure. It might time. be three, but still. I mean, just oh, unreal. God, he's just been unbelievable this season. So, he is... Yeah, he's one of my guys. But the other one, for me, is uh, Palina. And the reason being is because he is just that magic in the midfield for us right now you know that takes so much pressure off the center backs and the goalies you know uh and is creating these chances so if it wasn't for him doing what he does and then scoring that goal it really lifted our spirits our lifted our heads and everything in the game if if you can follow what i'm saying so for me he really changed how things were going you know Mm. and again this is why i think he's a leader you know and i if he if we can Fingers and toes crossed, you know, praying to the, the soccer gods that we can keep him for next season. I could see him with the captain's badge. I really, really could. So, man of the match for me, I'm sorry, it's a tie for two different aspects of the game. You're going to get absolutely tomatoes thrown at you for saying soccer I, gods on this show. Oh, I just, I'm just going to warn you about that. Whatever. Just don't worry about it. But I, 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 um, I'm going to be hipster, which will annoy you, Don, but it might soften the blow that I'm going to pick the American I'm I'm for the sake of just being a bit different I thought Robinson was great this game I really I really liked him I thought he was um, I just thought he looked brilliant every time he made a pass to William that was just beautiful unfortunately William just uh, could, uh, just uh, didn't do anything with it unfortunately but yeah for me I think Anthony Robinson is just getting better and better he's better been and so better and better. so good and last season again he was the player that I was very critical of I would dig out a lot I didn't think was capable of performing to the levels he has so perhaps there's just a little lesson there for Harry Wilson um, you, you, you can win me round <laughs> there's new contract talks as well for Robinson so hopefully that comes through cause, I mean, and supposedly if, they're going imagine. well supposedly yeah, they're hopefully. going well so you know Robinson is one of those guys uh, if you go on Twitter and the social media and stuff there's still quite a few people though that give him grief and, and stick you know they a lot of people I was surprised thought he didn't have a good game yesterday. And I was like, it's one of those things, You two different people look at the same game and they see it two different ways. We'll just try and convince fans of other clubs uh, that may be circling around him that he's he's not great. So if we, we keep peddling those lies on social media. Hopefully they'll filter through to scouting networks and he'll be with us for a few years. Good strategy. I understand where you're going now, Sam. I Money like ball. it. Right, to wrap this up, guys, let's talk about the FA Cup draw. It is on tonight, and obviously we're recording on Wednesday evening at the moment. I will be back probably at the end of the pod just to reveal who we actually uh, got tied with. Um, Sam, have you, have you got any preferences to this? I mean, the obvious the obvious comedy is it's going to be fucking Well, that's, City, I mean, uh, uh, 
I, my answer was going to be either Grimsby or Fleetwood at home um, depending on, on, on how oh, they I'd get on this that. evening we, we don't know yet um, but with this team with this this squad with this this management team that we have in place I do fancy our chances against anyone other than Manchester City away um, that, right. so that's all I want to avoid because I don't want to I don't want it to end like every other season where we just get easily beaten at, at the Etihad um, let's yeah. be at home or away even somewhere like Burnley where I would normally want us to avoid just like the plague because of our just terrible history at Turf Moor I'd fancy our chances of going there this season because I, I feel there is a different a different belief to this team yeah they look good though Burnley like really good I think I think what I would pick is Blackburn at home uh, but something something tells me we're going to get either Manchester United or Spurs and I'm just I'm thinking about it just purely because of uh, well first of all the, the way the Man United game ended for us that uh, Garnacho uh, winner that late one so I feel like there's going to be some sort of story there for us or just the fact we've now unfortunately lost the double uh, under Spurs this season in the league and I, I could feel less maybe wanting to just prove getting a bit of revenge there I'm not too sure so yeah Hart says Blackburn and uh, Head says it's going to be one of the uh, the big six as it were Don do you have any preferences Um, I, I don't you know obviously I don't want you know one of the man City or United I, I don't want to see Tottenham right now uh, my, my choice would be whatever you know uh, Matt Wigo and Frenchie and those guys who travel to almost every game w- mm. what ever venue they they would love to see if it can't be a home game um you know obviously i would rather see a, a lesser team uh, play that we get to play against and have a chance of going forward rather than you know a, a, another premier league team but i'm i'm fingers crossed hoping there's still some uh, fa cup magic tonight you know and maybe west ham knocks out uh united or something or you know uh, who knows sheffield united maybe pull something out their rear ends and take Tottenham Spurs out of the game uh, you know well so. I mean if if Grimsby beats their opposition tonight I think it's Southampton if West Ham beat uh, Man United tonight and if Sheffield United beat Spurs tonight um, I I win thousands of pounds on bet freezes <laughs> I'm really promoting gambling in this point but I'm really hoping I have a bad nicely to Ivan Tony yeah, oh. exactly. Let's do that. Let's talk about Ivan Tony. It was a 55p bet, though. I'm not that bad. But yeah, that's brilliant. We'll talk about Ivan Tony and Brentford after this. Fulham. Right, guys. Brentford on Monday night at Legoland or Kew Bridge. What are our thoughts on this? I think we should probably go straight to the first thing Sam just mentioned. Ivan Tony, um, we should ban him straight away, shouldn't we, Sam? I'd, I'd love to. Um I, yeah, I think too many of us for too long now have been sort of following the the Ivan Tony case and hoping in some manner that it benefits us. Uh, but it's not going to. He's going to be playing on Monday and I, probably any ban that he receives is not going to come into effect till late in the season. So uh, I think the best we can do is uh, fuel that frustration into some kind of um, uh, abuse aimed at him during the game in good spirit and uh, hope that it yeah. puts him off rather than makes him raise his game. Don, do you have any thoughts on this? I, 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 so I, I was just going to say, I can picture Sam and them being at the game and them, you know, singing a song, screaming at, uh, at Ivan. Uh, we bet you don't play anymore for a while. Hey. Uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. I, I've got to say, I think, um, I just find it nuts that you can plead guilty to something of an illegal crime and, and still play football on, on a Monday night. Um, it, it baffles me, but oh, he will obviously get some sort of lengthy ban at some point. Um, th- this is, uh, I, I, I am not one who likes cheaters. That's something that just grates on me and, and gets under my skin. And I hate in professional sports where somebody you know who is making a shitload of money does something like this um cheats or whatever and then gets away with it that really makes me mad and it sadly it seems to be across all sports nowadays they're just so high up on a pedestal that they're untouchable you know and the organizations are afraid to do anything you know oh we can't touch him you know it'll it'll affect the game and 
Danny asked a really good question, you know, in our WhatsApp group. It's like, well, okay, he, he's admitted he's wrong. Is it okay to, you know, ban him because it could hurt the club and the club didn't do anything wrong? Well, I'm sorry. And, and for me, in circumstances like this, the club, I, I understand it affects them, but it's too bad. You have to set an example, and he deserves a very lengthy ban in my mind. Um, I'm not saying he needs to be banned from the game for the rest of his life or anything no, like not. that, but he needs a good banning. I'm sorry. Uh, or maybe we send him to Singapore, and you know they they just cane him. You know we get it over with. Uh, Should add, I, I I wouldn't really refer to it as cheating because I mean all I mean all he's really done is had a bet. Well, he's taken advantage of his situation oh, right because uh, he has inside track on things but he, none of the bets as far as we know um had any uh, that weren't related to any game that he was playing in so yeah so in america pete rose did the same thing for baseball and he still got punished luckily uh, in my mind that was the right thing to do so i see the same situation here we don't know what information he might have had, you know, or yeah, maybe what he did didn't affect the outcome of the game, but he's taking advantage of, for people who are in the stock world and stuff, I, I don't know how else to explain. He's taking advantage of insider trading information and stuff, and, you know, he's using it to his advantage, and... Yeah, we don't know. I mean, we just, we don't really know what Ivan Tony's personal life is like, and it's not for us to judge, really, is it? I mean, I mean, we don't know what his circumstances were like with his family. We don't know if, uh, you know, how badly he was getting paid in Peterborough. We He's don't know these just things. Had a 55 what we do know is that he should be Grimsby, getting a ban. Sheffield United and West Ham. There you go. And I, I could never pod again. It'd be so sad. Um, I feel like the thing is, we should just bring it on to the football side of things now because this guy is obviously he's on 15 goals now I believe and Mitra really needs to catch up because um, obviously he has had some injury problems um, I really would like to see Mitro score this game I mean who wouldn't but I, I'm, I'm dreading another a more successful Ivan Tony goal where he mocks his celebration and it's actually uh, not offside <laughs> uh, not offside this time yeah, it seems like the main difference between the two players this season has been um, Ivan Tony can take penalties very well uh, uh, yeah, this game. I'm. I was on on the pod after the Chelsea game, and the point I made was whenever it's a local derby, my first um, concern is let's not get humiliated, and then we take it from there. And it, it, I, mm. I kind of feel the same going into this one, and it, that's been accentuated by the fact that um, Paulinho is suspended because. We yeah, know huge. what happened when he wasn't available for Newcastle at home earlier in the season. It's the one Premier League game that he's missed. And okay, there were there were other factors involved, but that fell apart r- really rather horribly. Um, and without Tom Kearney as well, it looks like, you know, what what do you do? Uh, what, what, how can you, because you could go back to Harrison Reed and old school, like in the championship, him being a more of a defensive anchor as the sort of the classic number six. Um, and, you know, two maybe ahead of him. But I, I don't really know how we deal with this if Tom Kearney is still injured. Yeah, um, I suspect, I, I think you're right. I think Harrison Reed will play in a deeper role. And I think Lukic will probably come in then and play along alongside uh, Pereira. Um, but this is this is a mm. tough game, and I hate to admit that um, uh, they may be well, <laughs> they may be a tin pot club, but they're a tin pot club that have been run very well over the last very ten well. years, and they've got a very good team and a good manager, uh, as much as it pains me to say, and they will be they will be a threat it will you know monday night at their their new very strange stadium um <laughs> yeah i'm concerned i actually on the on the I train back to glasgow after nottingham forest I, I sat down opposite a guy on the train who was going as far as the lake district and it turned out he was a Brentford yeah. fan so I, I had to talk to him for four hours and annoyingly he was really really nice but we talked football the whole way, and so I got I got a bit of insight into to kind of what they were feeling, and they're you know they're they're loving the season, they're having they're singing the same songs about getting into Europe that we are. Um, yeah. So they will see this, especially after we beat them in in such dramatic circumstances earlier in the season. They will see this as a chance to get revenge. Uh, and I suppose what what will be interesting in terms of 
personnel was the point that this guy made on the train. Uh, he said that when they sort of set up for a game that they feel that they can dominate, that they can win, that they're favourites to win, they play with in a four-three-three formation, sort of very fast wide men. But if it's a game where they expect to give up possession and um, think that the opposition will control the ball, there they then operate with three at the back. Um, so that's right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Thomas Frank does and and what they they make of us. Um, but God, I just hope we beat them. I really hope we beat them. Well, it's all it's all set up incredibly nicely, or just a bit of annoying, really. I mean, if we lose to Brentford and it's not a huge you know disgusting embarrassing defeat it's not the end of the world but if we win not only do we go over 40 points um, which is obviously we're already safe as it is but it's the official mark that you like to say everyone says 40 points but it also breaks their 11 unbeaten record um, if we're the team to beat beat them after 11 games going unbeaten we've, when they've got scalps of the likes of you know Man City for God's sake it, it'll be such a great it would be absolutely day, beautiful and I think, um, can you imagine if we ended the season we, we've we've finished six we've qualified for Europe we've taken four points off Chelsea we've beaten Brentford twice we've won the FA Cup I'm just going to pack it all up I mean it's never going to get better than <laughs> yeah, that yeah. It's, uh, that's me, me done it's been it's been a great great blast uh, yeah thanks football <laughs> Yeah, thanks for pulling off. Don, have you got any thoughts on this, mate? Well, I, I agree. You know, the biggest thing is we just don't want to go there and get embarrassed. Um, and I do think the bees are going to be well up for this game. Um, they've had, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume that this is going to help them, not hinder them. Supposedly like 15, 16 days they've been on rest uh, or haven't had a real match. So, you know, they're – with the exception of Ivan, who knows what's going to happen with him, if he can play or not. Uh, they've, they've got some players, you know, that are pretty damn good. Uh, and, and, you know, even if Ivan's not there, that, you know, we still got to be concerned about, you know, their, their keeper is supposedly, I know we keep talking Leno, Leno, the best of the best, which he is no, yeah, really good. good point you make. But, you know, their David Martin guy, the, the keeper, he's, supposedly, he's number one shot Raya. saved this season. Um, you know, and then you've got a midfielder, uh, the the Nor- Norgard guy. Yeah, he's you great. know he's supposedly in the top ten and shots on target and stuff. So you know there are other guys. Uh, who's that other one? Um, Ethan. Ethan yeah, Pinnock, yeah, he's yeah. another one, isn't he? He's in the top ten on shots on target and stuff. So they've got a lot of guys that I do think we've got to be wary of. Now on the other side of that coin, luckily uh, because of us playing last night. Fulham will have six days to kind of, you know, work on the, their plan and really focus on this match, and everyone should yeah. be well rested and, and ready to play. So, you know, that 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 does bode well for us. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm kind of really hoping, you know, at least a one-one. I, I want to kind of keep some of that distance and that space, that gap between us and the bees. Because I could see them surging forward. I, I I know that's not a good thing to say, but what do you think, no. Sam? Well, no, David Raya, the, uh, the the Brentford fan on the train, that they're they're fully expecting to lose him in the summer. But they're they're quoting fees of sort of forty fifty million that they they believe they're going to get from a team that's in the right. Premier League, um, which seems remarkable. He's turned down two contracts. Yeah. He revealed seems remarkable uh, last for a week, guy yeah. who uh, uh, lets in forty five yard free kicks from Joe Bryan. But there we go. Wait, there you go. There you go. That's why. That's why you're here. I love that. Yeah, what I was going to say was, um, yeah, I can't see a world where we don't concede a goal here. Um, it seems the Crystal Palace thought they had it in the bag, and then they bring on uh, Janelle. I can't even pronounce his name, but their centre back and score. You know, scores in the 95th minute. It just they always seem to manage to get a result. Brentford, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. I hate saying it. Um, and if I hear Wieser's on fire, I'll, I'll kill myself. And I, I don't want that. And I don't. I don't want to hear any of this nonsense that they started that song before us and all this right. This 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 hatred they have for any club that plays hey fucking Jude um, before a match. Not just us. Any they stole it from us. It's just you know get over yourselves, you silly twerps. <laughs> anyway, uh, I just. Um, I'm very looking forward to uh, to beating these guys. So you know, um, the the bees <laughs> is one of those one teams that I had a chance in London to go and see uh, uh, an actual uh, uh, local derby Um, and it was a great one it was one where uh, Tom scored in like the last 
five or ten minutes of the game, you know, a fantastic yeah, goal. And we were we were sitting behind the goal and everything uh, with some, you know, uh, friends I, I've got over there and stuff, you know, him and his kids and things. And so I, to, for me, this is one of those, them and QPR, I've, I've managed to see both local games for both teams. Everyone talks Chelsea and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know why for me, I, I don't put Chelsea in the mix as those teams that kind of get under my skin versus the bees and QPR get under my skin for some yeah, reason. Growing up for me, it was always Brentford. I, I was at that age where we weren't playing either QPR or Chelsea. So so Brentford was very much the rivalry. And just thinking about it, regardless of, I sort of make the point about being always terrified of a local derby, but there was always something special about going to Griffin Park as a Fulham fan. We, we had a really good record there inexplicably because we were so bad against them at home. But um it was it was just a good away day, especially sort of where we were under that really tiny terrace with the low roof. You could make such a, a sort of a racket in there. Um and we had some some great celebrations on that terrace over the years, not least that Tom Kearney goal. So it'll be interesting now, Fulham fans going to the new stadium kind of that experience, I don't know how it's gonna compare and will we be able to get the sort of the same kind of atmosphere going? Um hopefully we can. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. And I, I, I guess we'll go to a score prediction. I'm going to go with a, ooh, I'm going to go with a two-one victory to Fulham. Um, narrow, but, but, but good. <laughs> what will you go for? Well, well J Mac, who are your goal scorers then? Well, goal scorer. Well, okay. Vinicius so double. If Tom Kenny, did it? Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> If Tom Kenny wasn't injured, I'd say Tom Kenny is worthy of a goal here. But yeah, I'll go for a Vinicius brace. Let's just do that. Let's just do that. Let's wind some people up. Vinicius Brilliant. brace. Bet on it. Brilliant. Put that on, Ivan. Tony. 50 pounds. Yeah. Oh, this is a... This is a game I don't really, really want to predict. I'll take a 1-1 draw. I'd be happy with that, I think. Good result. It would be a very... Very good results, good. I, I agree. Uh, a one-one draw would be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, on the goal score, I think it'll be Solomon again. And on Solomon, I'd be curious, J Mac and Sam. He's been doing so well. Don't you think maybe he should get the start, the nod for the start? And I'm not trying to put Bobby down. He's done some great things for us, but. Perhaps it's time he kind of takes a back seat, and on this one is on the bench. Maybe I'd keep. I personally would keep the league, what we're doing at the Star Games in the league, the way it is at the moment. I'm still liking what Solomon brings off the bench, and I, yeah. What were you thinking? Well, there? Sam, hear me out. My fear is that it's kind of getting stale. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I do know what you mean, and I, I do feel there's been games recently. Um, Wolves, Brighton, Slow. where we yeah we we taken a while to get going. We haven't created much. I suppose the issue comes down to can William and Solomon operate on um, alternate flanks, um, and also then the the clear contractual law that states that Bobby Deckeldover Reed has to be in the team. So presumably, if if Solomon does come in, Deckeldover Reed will slot into Palinia's defensive midfielder role, and uh, everyone's happy. Um, uh, now I understand what you're saying, and I and I I'm not again I'm not uh, against Bobby. He has done some fantastic things, and I have no problem if he's going to start. If, if Marco says you know this is still the, my guy and everything, I have no problem with that. But I kind of just lately I feel like we've started slow. It's bit us in the butt here. Uh, it seems like quite a bit lately. Yeah, no, I just go, can't clearly help wonder willing on the. Willen on the right yeah. and Solomon on the left. Maybe we freshen I'd like, things up. I'd like up to see and... it. Um, to confirm, I was being slightly facetious there about uh, Bobby. But um, listen, Manor Solomon cannot do any more to be worthy of a start. He's, you know, he scored the last three games coming off the bench, started in the FA Cup, scored another great goal, looked exciting. Obviously still coming back to fitness from a long-term injury. Um, but at some point we do have to to stick him in from the off, and this is probably probably the right time to do it. I'd say. 
All right, well, hopefully, hopefully we can get the result, guys. Get, uh, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to wrap this up. It's so good to speak to you both, and we will be back. We'll be back with a reaction to all this and the week's works. And thank you very much to my co-host. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Don. And thank you for producing. And thank you for Wigo for deciding the pod tile. Really appreciate that. <laughs> all right, speak to you in a bit. Thank you for listening. Hello Fulham fans, uh, just to round off the show with the news we are facing Manchester United away in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Bollocks. Uh, here's hoping it being the same week of their Europa game and on a Sunday we can provide some further magic in the FA Cup and get something. Stranger things have happened, Leicester beat them in the quarters two years ago and won the cup. Granted it was ultra, it wasn't at Old Trafford but for the sake of positivity just ignore that. Have a lovely day whenever you're listening to this and we'll see you again soon.